Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan. You know, I am always into themes. This is a big thing for me. I think maybe because my granny did everything like for decorating for the holidays. And I guess that just wore off on me because I love themes. And Michelle Jensen of Mixie Heart is also a theme lover. A lot of her quilts are applique and she is creating a story about them. And so, I, you know, today I thought it'd be really fun. We're going to sort of deep dive into a couple topics with Michelle. Hey, Michelle, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. So, you know, when you first started creating designs, did you right away start telling a story or did that develop a little later? Um, I think it developed a little bit later. When I started my pattern design company, I was really just doing piecing quilts. But one thing that I learned about myself is I just love applique. And so I knew I wanted to make a full line of applique applique quilts and now I do I have a full I think there's about 14 um, applique quilts and they kind of take you through all the seasons of the year I just released my Halloween one and a 4th of July one um, in May so those two are new and and I just I just love um, that change of seasons and change of color palette and so that's kind of where I gravitated to but I didn't start that way (laughs) Right. I think it sort of has to develop, right? People just don't jump into what, you know, you have to, you have to sort of work through it and figure out what really do you like to make? Um, I know I, I was impatient at first and I just thought I can do, I'll just design all these quilts, but I think you really have to take that time and get to know what your style is. And it feels really good once you finally get in your groove and you know what you like. So that's kind of fun. But I'm finally to that point. So that's a relief. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really like the banner style um, because they fit in little places. And you you tell a story. Each one tells a story. I thought we would talk about fall since we're sort of moving towards that. Maybe you want to talk about your your thanks one or your Halloween one? Mm, Well, probably either one. Let's see. Let's do Thanksgiving because that one's kind of special to me. I like that one a lot. So how, when when you created this, what you know? How did you figure out the exact items you wanted to put on there to tell your thankful story? Well, I think that that's what I found over time is that if I really put something that was sentimental to me, I felt like my style came out a little stronger. So Thanksgiving, for example, I've included kind of like a little recipe of what I'm thankful for, and that's the main part of the quilt. And it's just kind of fun to put that, um, you know, a little piece of yourself. And and I try to make my quilts um, generic enough that people can add their own story or their own um, style to it, too. And so hopefully, um, you know, that comes across. But with the Thanksgiving one, the block that's in that Thanksgiving is actually based on a quilt that was in my great-great-great-grandmother's house. So um, it's kind of special to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think just pulling out that stuff and when I design a quilt, it kind of makes it really fun. It's just I start with a couple items that I think I know will fit, and then I just try to fill in the rest of the quilt you know, the, in the banner style um, and just add those extra little touches like a turkey and, you know, just things that relate to that time of year. So that one's very special and it's a fun one to make too. So if someone were, you know, coming up with their own um, story, do do you write down like the different items first or do you like to sketch first? How would you tell somebody else to approach it? Okay, well, how I do it is I I usually like to start with one item. So that quilt, I kind of had the idea of having a recipe card. And then, because that's a big part of Thanksgiving for us is the cooking. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> recipes that are passed down. And, yeah. And, it's quite the it's quite the adventure to get all those um now that I have a family of my own that is a lot of to undertake you know rolls and turkey and mashed potatoes and everything so <laughs> so I just take that one idea and then I try to add a piece block and so I do a lot of my sketching on the computer in Illustrator just because I feel like if I sketch first on a piece of paper and then I scan it in, it still takes so long. So I try to mm-hmm. just do it right there in the computer and just avoid that that extra step. Mm-hmm. So it it's it's kind of fun and it and it's funny that a quilter has to have so many talents. They have to have a sewing and then they have to <laughs> right. have computer skills and then photography skills and it never ends. So it's kinda of nice to practice and get those skills um better and better as the time goes on but it's a little tricky to get started that way (laughs) well I like the I like the idea because you you know your pieces are are not like big bed size quilts with all this story on it they're nice manageable sizes for people to look at and be able to put their maybe their own recipe or their own you know if they have you know, certain things that mean something to them. So they're a great, um, they're kind of a great jumping off point too for people. Right. And sometimes even just with the fabrics that they use, I mean, everybody has different colors and fabrics and prints that they prefer. And it's kind of neat to see how everyone can make the same pattern, but it can look dramatically different. So that's kind of a fun part for me is to see how other people interpret my patterns, so that's fun. Neat, neat. Well, let's but. switch gears so that for the other part of um, our chat, we can talk some scraps, which is a totally different topic. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you've been playing around with um, scrap quilts. Uh, what? How do you store yours, your scraps? <laughs> well, I store mine in two large bins. I... Um, and what my scrap bins are, are just from any project that I've made, usually rather than folding up the material and saving it somewhere else, I throw all of it together in two large bins. So I keep hmm. one with warm colors, reds and oranges and browns, and then the other I keep with cool colors, blues and greens and blacks and whites. So... And then when I'm ready to make a project, a scrap project, mm-hmm. I'll just 
pour those whole bins all over and my <laughs> floor is just covered and my room is really it feels claustrophobic but I just will pull from all of those and I don't really cut them in any particular size but I just leave them kind of intact because I don't really know what I'm going to be using them for ah. so well that's probably a good point because you know some people like to cut them up but then you can go like you're sort of like the other school of thought if you leave them in as big as in the size that they are then you have a lot more flexibility of what to do with it right and so I just this weekend I made three bench pillows for um, a close friend or with a close friend and then for um, you know one more person that she's mm-hmm. sick and we're trying to do something nice for her but anyway we pulled all all from our scrap from my scrap and made mm-hmm. three pillows and they're just darling so it's kind of fun to be able to mix all those um, fabrics together because you typically I wouldn't mix as much as what I do when I pull from my scraps and that's mm-hmm. kind of exciting because you can make some really special interesting looking things that you might not have intended to make something like that originally but um, just the fact that you have so many different fabrics to pull from it it's kind of fun I like that a lot do you ever keep um like do you well let me rephrase that do you have like a certain size like you know you don't keep it anything that's smaller than two inches or something like that well usually actually i keep really small pieces so (laughs) anything that sews away i typically won't keep but because i do app because i make quilts a lot with applique Mm -hmm. sometimes i only just need a half of an inch for Mm -hmm. a berry or something really small so i'll keep really small scraps so that's why my bin gets really full and i have to kind of edit it down pretty often so i have to make scrappy quilts often (laughs) often (laughs) in fact that's pretty much what i did all summer long was just try to use my scraps i had a lot of quilts with applique and i and then i'm starting one right now with my um halloween pattern it's a paper piece pattern so it's a great pattern to use with scraps because um you know you don't have to do a lot of sub cutting you you're just applying that yeah just that strip right onto your project so i kind of like that it's gonna be fun (laughs) that's true because if you're sub cutting like that then you don't have to um you know, you you don't have to make it a certain size. You can just use what's there, and then the rest. Do you do put the rest back in your bin? I bet you do. <laughs> Sometimes, but I try not to. I mean, I try to be pretty picky about how I put it on my paper piece project, so that I get a good um, scrap left over. I'm not wasting too much fabric. But that's a great pl- place to, you know, be able to size them down a little bit so if I do have slivers on each side I usually throw them in the garbage because (laughs) it gets out of hand sometimes and and I think it's nice to be um to keep your scraps and be diligent about you know not wasting but it comes to a certain point where if you have less than a half of an inch it's okay if it goes in the trash (laughs) Right. Yeah. So. You have to give yourself permission, right? To at a certain point, it's like, yeah, we can't, uh, we can't keep everything. We only have so right. big of a house. You know. I know. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, Michelle, you, um, 
just uh, do beautiful things. And I know that you're out on Instagram um, sharing your work often. Can you give everybody your Instagram name? Yes, it's Mixie Heart. So it's M-I-X-I-H-E-A-R-T. And I try to put all kinds of different things because I'm also a long-arm quilter. So I'm constantly quilting and making all kinds of different things and quilting for other people. So it, I have a, a big, wide variety of things that I put on my Instagram. So it's kind of a fun place to have. Thank um, you, Michelle. This has been great. I appreciate you being Thank here. Thank you. Yes, thank you Choose so much. Choose your favorite patterns from Bye. American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg, Executive Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases and creating smiles. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or many more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You'll create just as many smiles. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com backslash million pillowcases. Quilt along with us in 2016. Join our third annual quilt along by making a quilt, a one block pillow, or all four projects featuring plus sign designs. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest to find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more. Visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and you can visit Michelle, if you didn't catch that, at Mixie Heart, which is her Instagram and her website, so same name. Um, Mary Abreu is here for the month of September. Mary writes at Confessions of a Craft Addict, and we are going to talk to we're going to talk some um, you know project oriented things like things for the holidays. So Mary, it's that time to think holidays. It is. I swear, it just it gets faster and faster every year. Um, but you know, but the, the good thing about it too, is that if you start early, then you'll be done in time to enjoy everything for the holidays. So you won't be yes. finishing things at the last minute, you know, trying to get that tree skirt done before you have to throw all the presents under it. So. <laughs> then, then that's when you just take a piece of fabric and throw it down and you go, there. which I've done that as well. You know, cause yeah. really sometimes that happens, you know, here's the thing. Christmas happens every year. Yeah. If you don't get it done for this one. There's that's another right. one next year. There's another one. Yeah, any any holiday, you could just, you know, piece of fabric will, you know, 
but we want to do more than that. We're going to talk about exactly. some other things. Yeah, a little bit more than that. So what are you finding, being that you you work in a quilt shop, you know, you have this, you know, all these people that come in all the time and, and you talk to, what are people interested in making right now for holidays? Is it for decorating? Is it for gifts? Is it for, um, you know, a decorating gift to give to somebody else? What are you seeing? Really, we see the whole gamut. Um, I work at Edmonton Quilters in Decatur, Georgia, which is near Atlanta here, and um, it's really fun. It's really fun to see what what people are working on and find out what they're working on. the The thing that I think I've heard from a lot of people this year is that a lot of people are working on uh, Christmas stockings, mm. um, which is really interesting because it's. Um, Usually there's a lot more of a mix, but it's been a lot of people who are working on Christmas stockings this year, which is really fun. I think a lot of people like to make them for first grandbabies. Um, mm-hmm. They have a, a new um, daughter-in-law and son-in-law, and so they're making right. those, um, you know, as sort of a, you know, expanding the family kind of thing, um, <laughs> which is always fun. But sometimes I, I see people, um, people are traveling. They're like, well, we're we're doing a destination Christmas this year. We're traveling for Christmas, and we want to do something a little bit fun and different, and so we're doing hmm. uh, these kinds of things, and so that's that's really a lot of fun. And a lot of time, I mean, with a stocking, it's something that most people don't remake them. I think I'm probably the mm-hmm. only person that I know who decided one year to just completely redo all of the Christmas stockings. <laughs> um, so I think most people tend to keep them forever and ever. But for me, I was like, hey, cute fabric, let's try again. Um, yeah. You know, it actually, when you were saying people travel, that making like a little small stocking, if you're going to have a destination holiday, um, would be just adorable because it's sort of like bringing home with you. Um, and even if you're just going to maybe grandma's house and you have your own stocking at home, but you could bring little mini ones, right? To- yep. Yeah, we did. Um, we traveled for Christmas one year, and I wish I'd really had the fourth the the foresight to to make a little mini tree skirt. We picked up a little tiny live Christmas tree at, oh. at Whole Foods like <laughs> two days before Christmas. You know, it's like a yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas tree, really and truly. Yeah. And I wish I'd thought to bring just like a little made like a little mini skirt because it wouldn't take it would take you know a couple of fat quarters, maybe some you know charm mm-hmm. squares could have put together something really cute that would have been you know kind of kind of fun, a little more decorish than the. Um, mm-hmm fabric napkin that I threw underneath it last minute. Here's a holiday napkin. So what about panels? You know, I've always been a super big fan of panels. I think because when I entered the end, you know, entered quilt making, they happened to be popular. And so, and my shops locally happened to always have panels from baby panels to, to holiday panels, to seasonal panels. Um, do you carry those at in town? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. The, the shop stocks a variety of panels are all year long and they're really such a great way to jumpstart a project. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've got sort of the focus built in and you can just mm-hmm. put a couple of borders on it or, um, you know, even just quilt it and bind it if you really wanted to, depending on the size of it. But you have options for things that you can do with it. And and really, you know, a lot of people leave panels intact, but sometimes they're really interesting to cut up and sort of mm. use different parts of it to kind of focus um, and get a different different look from them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have a lot of the, the Mountain Peak Creations patterns because they've done some really interesting things with panels Um different borders and different settings for them so that mm-hmm. it, it adds a little more interest. And, you know, for me, it's always a good excuse to have <laughs> some extra fabric to kind of like, oh, you know, I could just put this, but this would be so much cooler. 
You know, I saw on my Facebook group some people. It wasn't maybe necessarily a panel, but it could work. It could work that way, as they did like the attic window kind of setting. So oh that, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you look you, out. I mean, I mean you, you 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 have the option of using it the way it is, but I think it's always fun to just kind of stretch yourself creatively and see something different that you can can do with it um, to just kind of make it a little more if you want to. But the great thing about the panel is that. If, if you don't, um, and we've got a panel right now that I absolutely love. Um, boy, I'm such a Pinterest junkie sometimes, and I'm really into the, have the chalkboard art. Oh, so we have yeah. it's like basically it's like a text. It's a chalkboard style Christmas tree, so it's all text, um, mm-hmm. and it's so pretty. And I really have. It's going to have to follow me home. I don't know what I would do with it, but I need it. I, it's going to hang somewhere in my house. It would be I just, love. That chalkboard stuff that is just yeah. so cute. We kind of use that in our Splendid Sampler banner and the logo for it, the chalkboard yeah. kind of look. Yeah, I love that. I love I love those kinds of text things. So it's yeah. like, this is perfect for me. They designed this just for me. They knew I wanted just, this. So. <laughs> just for you, yeah. So what, what other kind of small projects? Now, of course, there's a lot of um, activity with those sort of folding um, table decoration things. What are they called? Um, oh, uh, the, um, the fabric, the fold and stitch. Yes. Um, the Poorhouse Quilt Designs makes these fold right. and stitch. They're really neat. It's three-dimensional fabric decor, uh, decor items, so it uses um, – a special interfacing to help help them maintain their shape, but you fold them up and it's there's three dimensional things like a like a, a decor to, like a there's a wreath and there's something that like you would put around like a, a battery operated votive candle. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really kind of neat things. You could also they have Christmas ornaments too, so you can have these dimensional Christmas ornaments made with fabric that you love. And you don't. I think one of the great things about it is that you can use seasonal fabric, but you can use fabric that you love so you can have an item that can be decor for any time of year um what you know a special occasion you know uh, i think we all love to to decorate for different reasons quite frankly any any way that i can incorporate fabric into the decor is just another reason to justify bringing it into my house so it's like taking table runners and things and and (laughs) table mats just to a three more of a 3d kind of effect um yeah you know, the other thing that that I'm seeing out there are those um, those tuffets, those stools. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> have you made one? I, I I have made. There is a tuffet pin cushion. Oh. Um, which I absolutely love. The only thing I need for it are the feet, and of course, I decided that I didn't want to use what they said to use, I want to do something, you know, very me for it. So I'm trying to find something to work, but I love that. So that was sort of my, um, I really want to make the tuffet, but I don't know what fabric I would use. So until mm-hmm. then I'll make a pet, a, the, the tuffet pin cushion and, and dwell on it. But I love it. They're so beautiful and you get such different looks out of them by using different fabrics. Um, yeah, and they're, and they're really cool. They take a little bit of time, I would imagine. I haven't explored that too much. They, they do, but the interesting thing is, is that they're foundation pieced, mm-hmm. which is really kind of nice because you're basically sewing on the lines, mm-hmm. which I think really does make help it work come together very easily. So it's, it's I don't think it's um I don't think it's a lot more involved sewing than making a quilt. Um, oh, okay. I think I think the assembly of it is is works a little better if you have an extra pair of hands, but. Um, <laughs> You know, with all of the foam and the wood and things like that. But mm-hmm. boy, they look so fantastic, um, and and it's really just 
uh, everyone that I've seen looks so different because the fabric really does change the look of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and you can go out on Pinterest or out at the website for the people who did them to see that kind of stuff. You know, what I want to do is, is give, like, we have maybe, like, two minutes. Give a couple other ideas that you've seen out there. I know the Moda Bake Shop has a lot of projects. Have you peeked out there lately to see anything fun? Oh, my gosh. I fell in love with um, these little stocking gift card holders on there. Ooh. Because I love, I, I mean, sometimes you have to give a gift card. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you want you want to not, but sometimes, you know, you have to do it. And so mm-hmm. it's fun to give them creatively but I thought it would be so neat you could do them for like a little advent calendar to sort of count down Christmas and have you could put treats in them but we really like to do things um, like different activities related to it so you could put a little activity Mm -hmm. of the day in there to count things down and then you know leave them on the tree and use them for um, decoration as well which is really kind of that's a neat idea that is a neat idea because the activity part is fun I mean you have you have kids um, and so I'm sure that you don't always want to just be giving them, you know, junk. You know, it's nice to exactly. say, let's do, you know, watch TV together or watch this movie together one night. Fun. Yeah. So I was trying to go on their website this very second, but I didn't get there. So, you know, I think well, they have like a cool scissor case out there. I was trying to find it. Oh, yes. I've seen that. I think that Don Cornell did that one, and it is mm-hmm. so cute. And really, you know, for – especially for, for – Quilters, and I know a lot of people who are in guilds um, do secret Santas and Christmas swaps and things like that. So it's a really fun thing to make. I mean, obviously, you know, you can always pick up some cute little notion or get somebody a fat quarter. But (laughs) it's so much more fun to make something for someone else and know that they're Mm going to use that and think of you when they do. Okay, in 30 seconds, we have you have a book signing coming up at your store. Tell us. I do. I am doing a book signing yeah. on Saturday, uh, the 24th of September, um, from I believe from 11 to 1 for my new book, Hack That Tote. Um, I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. I know. I wish I was there, Mary. I so wish I was there. I, I wish wait. you were too, but I'll see you next month, so it'll be all yes, good. That's right. That's right. That's right. So you can visit Mary um, out at Instagram for That Craft Addict or just visit her at the shop at Intown Quilters where she works. Thanks, Mary. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Pat. Talk to you next month. Okay. We'll be right back uh, after the break. Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg. Join me for a fun video series called Show Me How, brought to you by Baby Luck. Each month, I'll show you how to complete a simple project from start to finish. Learn new techniques, see tips, and sew a great project with me. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash videos to watch. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. 
Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. Take an ultimate shop hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler. Available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and I'm super excited to have Kathy Dowdy here. She is the owner of Material Obsession, a fabric designer and author, and we are going to deep dive over the uh, second half of the show into some super fun details and things that uh, Kathy's been working on. So, uh, Kathy, you're on, you're on a U.S. tour right now. I am. I started in Sisters at the Quilters Affair and did five days of workshops and a couple of lectures out there in a place that's only described as heaven on earth. <laughs> filled with fantastic quilters in a beautiful setting, flowers, trees, mountains, absolutely glorious experience. So even though we all work really hard, it's quite a rejuvenating thing. And now I'm headed east. I'm in at Craft South this weekend in um, Nashville, Tennessee, and then on to Toronto. So it's a pretty fun little tour I'm on. So uh, you live in Australia, um, and when you do a tour like this, how long do you generally stay in the U.S.? Well, I stay as long as I can to make sure that it's <laughs> uh, financially viable for everybody that's involved. So mm-hmm. um, I'm usually here three weeks uh, as, and up to as long as five weeks. Uh, uh, but, you know, because I do have a shop in Australia, I do have to go home to work. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and do you have family in the U.S. that you try to, to connect with? I do, but my family's all on the East Coast, and the last Ah. few trips I've made have been predominantly the West Coast, which is a little bit easier to manage, you know, coming over and staying and, you know, Mm -hmm. until sort of the Texas area is a lot easier than traveling East, but my next trip I'll be seeing family. Ah, super, super. So tell me, uh, I know I had a friend who went to Australia recently, Sherry, and she was able to pop into your shop, and I believe you were even there. Uh, So uh, tell me where your shop is and a little bit about it. Uh, Material Obsession is in just outside of the city of Sydney in Australia, so it's a really convenient location for tourists that come to Sydney to hop on a bus and 10 minutes later, they're um, at my shop. And we absolutely love having Americans come in because our shop's a little bit different from shops here and there. So they come in and are quite sort of surprised at the way that we merchandise our fabric and the way that we um, make our quilt samples. And my staff just love talking to them, finding out, you know, where they're from, what kind of quilting they do and share stories because oftentimes when we talk to them we end up finding out that we know somebody they know <laughs> it's yeah. a small world isn't it Kathy like it's you like... and your friend when she came she said oh I know Pat Sloan I said oh yes yeah. I've met her as well <laughs> and by the way yeah. I just saw her in Sisters which was really fun I know Sherry gets around she's um she loves to travel and uh she's a, a obsessed quilter so she ends up at a lot of shows um so one of the things I want to talk about Kathy is how um you use and think about fabric because one of the things that I think is a signature for your look is how you combine fabrics and it's gorgeous and wonderful and exuberant. Uh, so exuberant. You have a background when you got out of college, you, you had sort of an interesting sort of first job. Tell me about that. Well, um, 
Yeah, I think the whole thing about the way that a mixed fabric does combine, and I think this is true for everybody, we're all unique individuals, and we all have our own set of experiences, and we grow accustomed to um, learning by what we've experienced. So my experience in my life was quite diverse. We moved a lot as a kid, and I went from West Virginia, you know, country-style living in college, to New York mm-hmm. City and ended up right in the middle of the punk rock era. And that, he was completely unaware that this was even happening. And <laughs> from there, you know, well, you know, it was quite a shock right. to go from bluegrass music to, you know, yeah. um, safety pins and faces and things. So yeah. uh, the first thing I realized is I needed a new wardrobe. And then I proceeded from there to, to really study and look at what was happening in New York on the streets and fashion-wise. So I worked in advertising and I worked in um, the fashion district. And then I ended up at Swatch Watch when that was a brand new company. And the combination of a new product, a plastic watch, which was unheard of in those days, and mm-hmm. then combining color and lifestyle made me think, oh, this is quite interesting to look at things that we perceive as traditional, add our current contemporary perspective, and create something that's new. And that's something that I took to our business, Material Obsession, right from the very start, looking at something that's mm-hmm. traditional, throwing color and pattern and quick, easy patterns to that. And that, that was 13 years ago. So yeah. now... That experience based on living in Australia, which means, well, you know, people always ask me, why is quilting different in Australia to the States? And I, I think part of the element is that because we're so far away, we don't actually get ranges completely delivered or we don't get things on time. And we mm-hmm. often find gaps in what we expect or we need or we expect that we think we need. So we have to right. make suitable substitutes. So my experience in the shop has been, well, I don't have that fabric, but let's see what else we can use. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just like bicep curls, I exercise that decision-making process with my customers and their personal tastes on a daily basis for 13 years. So I've become very comfortable at making decisions that aren't obvious. I like to look at, at the fabric decide what it is that's appealing to me, the color, the size of the graphic, the shape Mm -hmm. of the print, and then find something else that does exactly the same thing or something better. You know, I think that that's really um, like a, like your brain is a tool to look, look at things differently because the right, you know, the quilter who's doing things not like your, your color palettes or your, you know, fabric selection, it's sort of hard to start to sort of break over and do that. You've written several books now, and I think a lot of your books have really good information to help people learn how to do that. How do you walk somebody into your world of picking fabric? Well, I think it's a little bit of a twist on that idea. Uh, Because I work in the shop, it became very clear to me in the beginning that my taste is rather eclectic and not everybody (laughs) wants to do exactly what I want to do. But what they want to do is work their own personal taste the way that Mm -hmm. I work it. So my classes and workshops and and the way that I work with my customers is by just really concentrating on what their comfort zone is. What are they happy working with? And then showing them ways that they can step just a little to the left or right within their own taste bracket. So if somebody likes contemporary fabrics, well, that's really easy for me because that's what I like. But if they like traditional fabrics, I like to work in that component as well. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not about making them do what I do. It's allowing them to make their own decisions with comfort. And I I think that's one of the things that I find in my workshops is, is um, what holds people back is, you know, that fear of making a decision. And once they become comfortable with, with the fact that it's okay what they decide, then they can start to expand their comfort zone as well. Yeah, you yeah you have um your your newest book is called um mixing, mixing quilt yeah mixing quilt elements right 
Um, mm-hmm. When you, you, you and I were talking beforehand and, and you have sort of been trying to, I think you've been out getting people to think about it's okay to have your stuff different. Um, right. Is your book sort of br- a bridge to help people do that? Yeah, I think this, the quilting industry is vast, and there are lots of places where people can enter into that. But I think once you've been a quilter for a while, once you've acquired some skills, you have a mm-hmm. great opportunity to mix up what you've learned to create your own u- unique story. And I, you know, I think that the responsibility, or it is a responsibility to me to think that someday somebody's going to look back at my quilts, and I want them to know they're made by me. And I want mm-hmm. everyone else to understand that that's your legacy for your family, your friends, or whomever stumbles across your quilts in the future to be able to get a little bit of an idea of the time and space that you lived. I mean, that's, this is a, it is in a lot of ways, a recording system of traditions. And these are our traditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I love that, that thought. Cause I love stories and I love, yeah. you know, this, why people do things. Um, well, what are some of the, is, a t- yeah, go ahead, go ahead. There's a time and a place for everything. I mean, sometimes we want a quick fix. So pre-cuts or kits or patterns are really good places to start. But when, when you start to evolve that idea and say, okay, well, how can I change this to make this a little bit more of what, what my personal tastes are? I think that's when it becomes really exciting to be a quilter. So the whole premise for mixing quilt elements was, you know, when I first started out as a self-taught quilter, I didn't know how to do anything but squares. And that was pretty good for about eight years. But then yeah. all of a sudden I discovered, you know what I mean? And you yeah. discover a triangle and you figure out how to sew that. And then that takes you for a while. And then you might discover applique and that takes you for a while. And then, you know, paper piecing and all these different things. But I watch, I watch us and, I, and collectively, because we're all human, mm-hmm. I watch how people come in and they sort of fall into a pocket and they're, well, I'm an applique artist or I'm a piecer or I'm, I do wool felt. And I think, well, what if we mix all that up? It gives us even more space in our own area to become unique. And I, I really like that story. So that's where, I, that's where I'm headed. Yeah, I think it's absolutely fabulous. And the book, you <laughs> use so many um, elements that people can relate to. You know, there's a, like a, a fan or partial wedding ring unit. They're, they're kind of like these really cool units that you're then mixing up and taking them out to a whole nother yeah, there, visual place. Familiarity. People with... have seen these things before. And the thing that always cracks me up is people think, oh, those quilts are so hard and complicated. But actually, I don't do anything that's hard. I'm always <laughs> using very basic single technique, simple technique, because like, I just don't have time to really concentrate on complicated piecing. So I want something I can do quickly that gives me a result that is pleasing and exciting. I'm looking at the at your book right now at the quilt called Wild Child and we have maybe you know like um two minutes before the break and one of the interesting things you do there is you take something and you recut that block can you just tell me a little bit about that with a fan that you've recut for a butterfly yeah the Wild Child was really a lot about the border it uses a very dynamic black and white um, triangular or diamond shaped border by Jane Sassaman and I really liked how it had this strong, almost reverberation, and then also using my favorite tool, the wedge. So I had these great big wedges, and I was, and I also had a very limited amount of fabric. I'd bought a special couple of pieces at Brytex in San Francisco, and I really mm-hmm. wanted to use those. So I, I had to figure out a way that I could do it with less than the full requirement for a circle. And once I started playing with that idea of, 
of using just sections of the circle and then seeing the butterflies sort of in the night garden start to evolve, it really became fun. So, um, yeah, it, it should be a circle, but I cut it into rectangles and just did some liberated piecing to put the backgrounds in. Yeah, it, and your your step outs that show people the process is excellent because I think that helps everybody go, okay, there it is. I, this is what it looked yeah. like first. Then as you altered it, this is how you got that really cool shape. Um, well, I would have to thank C&T for that because the, the <laughs> stepping out and the breaking down and the organization of the thought process is really something I'd like to have a partner with. <laughs> I am a little <laughs> bit impulsive. So, yeah, I think they work really well. And the thing is with a pattern like that, you just start to make it. And even though it gives you the specific instructions that you need, it's much better to do it organically and build your own structure and your own size blocks because you know, it's, it's much easier to do it that way. Yeah, and and pattern. this is like the um, it's like a tool for your toolbox, right? So you That's see, right. okay, this is one way to work with it. How might I twist mine a little different? Make mine my own, put my own stamp on it. Um, when we come back, Kathy, I'm going to tell you a little bit. We're going to talk about um, your fabric with free spirit, and then uh, mm-hmm. we'll do a little a little bit about sisters. So we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Okay, great. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ magazine. See our editors share their tips, ideas, and techniques by visiting allpeoplequilt.com and clicking on videos. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. 
Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine. American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and I'm here with uh, Kathy Dowdy, and we're talking about uh, color and fabric. Uh, Kathy, your line with Free Spirit is just so beautiful. Can you tell me a little bit about how you developed it? What did What did you want to do with that when you drew it? Well, <clears throat> designing fabric is something that um, has come to me basically through my, my career and in the shop. And if, if you can envisage what it's like to be a shop owner for, you know, over a decade, the reps from the fabric companies come in and show me designs of fabric all the time. And I decide what I think will be a good mix in my shop, what my customers might like, what I might like, what might work for a class or a block of the month program. And then I try to create a really unique mix that is always inspiring my customers. So it's sort of this um, cross-process of looking at what people are doing and trying to figure out what they need to do it. And so um, one thing that I really like are very, very old um, graphics that sort of like that chin slip that comes out of India. So oftentimes Mm -hmm. they have these big birds. So big birds have been a theme in my collection so far. And I like to have something that I can use in a big block so that I can work piece blocks around it. So a medallion is always a component of my lines. I also like really interesting sashing and borders, so I try to have some sort of decorative stripe or border print that I can use to do some of the work in my quilt. So, you know, if you have a a long linear pattern on a piece of fabric, cutting that and then cutting either a strip quilt or making medallions is quite a fun thing to do. So Hmm. I guess what I'm trying to do when I design a line is think of the components and structure of quilts and provide a product that screams, cut me in a medallion, cut me in a border, (laughs) use me for a background. background." And then also thinking about a really important part of making a quilt, which is your imagination. So I want some sort of conversation and imaginative topic to spring to mind when you look at the quilts. So with Flock Together, which was my first release with Free Spirit, and my third range, I was imagining the birds in the trees outside my studio window and how they just sit there chatting. And it made me think of the girls in the shop that sit around the table chatting. And I thought, well, don't we all just flock together, you know, in this feathery, happy, chirping kind of a mood. And then Mm -hmm. just started playing in three different colorways. The traditional, Mm -hmm. which was inspired by an outback um, painting by an Aboriginal painter, a contemporary, which is inspired by where I think it might fit in my contemporary designer range, and mm-hmm. pretty, which is for the customer that really doesn't quite want to go into the more um, bombastic kinds of prints and colors that I use. So it's a little softer and pinks. So hopefully and I love the all... um, that sort of deepish um, plum that you use. Yeah, that would be the contemporary because I think that's a really nice base for bright colors, that sort mm-hmm. of off-brown, almost red kind of color. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, when you're um, coming up with that color palette, are you – pulling you know how how do you work that because everybody does it so different do you take color swatches are you taking photos and then sort of how do you sort of build the the color palette in your mind well you design fabric we you know we we Mm -hmm. all start with sort of an idea so i might pull images from magazines from fabric from books postcards pieces of artwork and compose a little directional path and then i sit down with a pencil actually and draw my designs 
So mm. I would draw my birds and I draw my graphics and then I'll use tracing paper and because I'm really quite old fashioned that way and I, I quite <laughs> like the manual development of my idea. So I'll mm-hmm. draw them up with pencils and then when I like the elements of them, I scan them and I work with a CAD artist to put them into a computer and then mm-hmm. I'll go back to my palette and pick colors and then just start placing them and that part the the color part is the most fun because it's like you know painting in a coloring book once i've decided Mm -hmm. on the designs it's just throwing the colors around and really spontaneous interesting things happen so that's a really exciting part of it but i that i well i enjoy all the process but um that part is particularly fun when you see the sketches turn into paintings I know, and there's, and we, we as the fabric designers, you could come up with a thousand different variations. It's sometimes it's so hard to narrow it down to what will actually go to print. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> it's like a waterfall of options, you know. And I right. every time I'm doing that, I think of all the different creative endeavors that I've seen across my desk as a mm-hmm. as a shop owner, and then you know I'm just adding to that pile, staying unique and original in that in that pool is also very interesting because there's just so much going on. It's hard not to be inspired by something that someone else is doing. You know, you sort of have to pull yourself away and stay focused for that creative period so you don't imitate something else. Right. It is. It is hard. We're all influenced by what we're seeing in the world um, and other people's work. It's just all sort of gets plugged into your brain somewhere. And then when you come out, it's your creativity it's a yeah. it's a fun process it's, it's i like the little people the print with the little people oh, that's the people the little people's my next range and that's called folk art revolution and and that was really yeah. i mean i just i spend a lot of time looking at books of historical quilts and folk art images and things and I, I just like the naive nature of the little people and i think it's really fun to capture their faces and their bodies and you know <laughs> there's a revolutionary couple and there's a homestead couple and there's the the landed gentry you know the british that have come over here And Mm -hmm. I I was thinking a lot about how lucky those original pilgrims and pioneers were to come to a place full of so much opportunity. And when you look around the world today, it's not such a happy place to migrate around. You know, there's a lot of tension. So I I found a bit of relief and humor in looking back and seeing, you know, a characterization of that time period. And then I also looked to other quilters of that day. And and a little bit later, we had Susan McCord. So I've done the string string piece mm-hmm. vine in a stripe and I've done a string piece vine that I wrapped in these big circles to make a beautiful um, wedding ring print. So the, mm-hmm. the wedding ring is actually, it goes fully across the width of the fabric and leaves this great big open space for quilting or applique. And I thought this is something that quilters, when they see it, will think of something they want to do. Yeah. Ah, it's going to be so much fun. When is that second line available? I think it's starting to ship now. I know oh, okay. that, um, you know, little secret. I know that mine is sitting it waiting to go on the shelves in my <laughs> shop when I get back in a week and a half. <laughs> so everybody can go find it there. You can do everybody will all run to Australia so we can uh, well, pick it up. <laughs> hopefully they'll be able to find it in shops in the US. Yes. You know, that, that would be the optimum uh ex- expectation that, that you know, yeah. it's in every single local shop across the country, but if it isn't you'll find it someplace. And it's quite cute. There's lots of fun elements to it, I think. There are. There are tons of fun things. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, sisters and what you did there. Were you were teaching and giving talks? You did both? Sisters is a place that I'm drawn to spiritually uh, as well as a quilter. I mean, it's a fantastic array of talents. The teachers this year were all on 
uh, just all on board with fantastic options for all the students. So they take over a high school, and I think there's about 400 people doing classes over the week. And one wow. of the things I love about it the most is this community spirit of this mm-hmm. Western town that's normally, you know, two and a half, three thousand people. The children or the, the high school students push trolleys around and allow women to carry all their stuff to the classrooms, and the mothers are there serving the lunches, and the whole town transforms into a quilt show. So uh, last Saturday, we walked through the streets, and there were about 1,500 quilts hanging from rooftops, hanging on the sides of buildings, hanging in the grocery stores, in front of the, mm. the chemists. Every place you look, there's a collection or a quilt hanging. So it was just this, you know, it's like just breathing in creativity. Mm-hmm. The streets fill. I think they got about twenty thousand people there. So the two components: the classes and then the show on Sunday or Saturday. And on Sunday, the expectation was that I would hang thirty quilts in the woods and see them flapping in the breeze. Oh. And dreaming about that was a, a, one of my one of my most exciting things over the last year. Then woke up on Sunday yeah. to find that it was too wet to hang the quilts in the breeze. Oh tree. no! It was oh, too wet. So oh. sad. It was so sad. But anyway, oh. we carried on and did the talk inside. But, you know, there's there's lots of things for people to enjoy and, that, and, mm-hmm. and to experience everybody smiling at each other and feeling supportive and happy in this quilting environment, which is really exciting. Yes, yeah, one of the places, Sisters Oregon, um, with uh, Valerie and Jean Wells's. Um, shop out there yeah, uh that yeah. i would i haven't been i haven't been to that so i Put it's it on, on my list yeah. yeah yeah i need to do it so when you have a class just walk just tell me a little bit about one of the type of workshops that you teach because um you know every teacher is unique and what the classes the purpose of the class we have about two minutes kathy just you know, tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about when somebody comes to your class what is it like well, I always assume that when someone's coming to my class, they're coming with the expectation that they're going to expand their comfort zone. So I always talk about color. I always walk through a few of the basic principles that I use when selecting my, my fabrics for a quilt, and I get them to um, really become present in the moment, assess where they are, assess what they brought, see what they might be missing, see what they might have too much of, and to become you know part of their process. And most of my quilts, or most of my workshops, are about um, exploring a technique. Like I don't want to, I don't want to say you have to do this step, then this step, then this step. But more about, mm-hmm. okay, this is what we're going to play with. See what you can come up with, and it becomes a really exciting playground for people to explore and they and to share with their neighbors and and support each other. Because I think one of the things that's really important about being a quilter and and growing is feeling super comfortable and super supportive and knowing that whatever you do, people will be on a positive note instead of a negative note. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know that you're you're in a, in a trusting environment. And then yeah. you can fully explore being creative, you know, because it can be quite scary to do something different. And, you know, once you understand that, you know, we're all in the same boat and we're all trying to learn together, it becomes a really nice environment for learning. And the the fun part, too, is that, you know, there there you are with your pieces so that people can see it real live, up close. Um, yeah, there's a... There's a lot of uh, there's a there's a great depth in doing workshops. I mean, I, I think personally it's quite confusing to have all that stimulation around. But when you do mm-hmm. a workshop, if you concentrate on what's happening there and then go home and work in your own space, all the lessons and all the ideas will be able to come back out, uh, you know, after the class is right. over as well. Yeah, right. That's, that's yeah. a really fun thing to think about. 
Yeah, I think it's an absorption uh, level. So if anybody goes out to your, your website on Saturday, the 30th of April, 2016, if they go look at that post, there's a little um, sort of, you gave some pictures of one of your workshops in progress. And so people can get a feel for what that looks like. It's always fun to actually see one in action, the tables and everything. Yeah, and I do um, that on Instagram as well. I like to, Instagram mm-hmm. is such an instant satisfaction. And when I'm doing the workshops, I often throw a couple of works in progress up because I know I very rarely get to see the finished product unless someone sends it to me. Right. I do try to blog about the workshops as well and, and everything else that happens, but um, the blogging is um, actually a little bit harder now because all the photos are on Instagram or on my, right. my iPad and they don't transfer over to the blog without effort. So. <laughs> yeah, they're a little yeah. more work Yeah, to get them over there. Well, Kathy, this has been so much fun. Yeah, thanks very much for chatting with me, Pat. I've enjoyed it as well. Yeah, so I wish you a lot of luck on your travels, that you get there smooth and quick and have a great time, and sometime yeah, maybe I'll, I'll visit you in your actual shop. Yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> yeah. Come on down visit- to Australia. Oh, I have to. Visit Kathy at Material Obsessions um, on the Internet and check out her Instagram. This is American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and we will be back next week. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com and me at patsloan.com. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patrick and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram, at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patrick and Quilting Podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.